Podcast Studios. This, this is the award-winning After Nine with Scott and Cat. Um, I'm I'm wondering why uh, you haven't um, opened sports fields and that sort of thing um, uh, because there's a lot of, of of pressure coming from mayors and, and and various doctors and even the OMA to do so. And when you say you expect them to open by June second. What do you expect to be able to open on June 2nd? Would that include golf courses? Uh, just go into a little bit more detail on that, please. Sure. No, I, I appreciate it. And, I, I, you know, something, I get it from both sides, Randy. I get some, some docs uh, saying, no, we, we have to limit mobility and, and stay at home. And I, I, I know, you know, I talk to my, my buddies. I know what happens. You know, they pick up another buddy, two or three. They go out. Go golf, and then there's nothing wrong with, with with golfing. The problem is the mobility. Then after golf, they go back. They have a few pops. That that's the problem. Golf is safe. Doug's buddies are a bunch of alcoholics. Okay. That's the problem, everybody. Doug's buddies are the fucking problem. Here's what I'm getting based on Twitter and Facebook and reporters. I apparently need to take up golf because people really <laughs> seem to like golf. Like talking about golf, like talking about the possibility of maybe playing golf. I need to learn more and play more golf. Dave, welcome to After 9. It's Friday and you're joining us and a welcome to all of you. Thank you for downloading this episode. Uh, Dave, you're a golfer and I'm a golfer. And and I'm curious to hear your take on this because there's someone like Kat and many others who are are hearing all this talk about golf and, and they're asking, well, maybe should, maybe I should get into it. Are you upset that golf courses are remaining closed? Well, first of all, let me say thank you for calling me a golfer. Um, <laughs> He's won some long drive contests, just so you know, guys. Yeah, that's a term I would use very loosely. Um, but it, it's con- it's just confusing. I think it doesn't matter if it's golf courses or if it's soccer fields or whatever. I think the, the modeling, the science table, plus the political angle of it, it's just all too confusing. And the consistency just doesn't seem to be there. The messaging just seems to be so jumbled and so messed up that the frustration level going from a nine to like a nine point nine, like it's just, mm-hmm. it's not helping. I just don't think it's helping. And if if we can find a better way to get the information out to people, I think it'll go a long way. Well, I mean, the first thing is you've got to tell Doug stick to the fucking script. You could see his eyes moving. He was reading most of that off a teleprompter, yeah. and and I don't understand what he was thinking yesterday with another random analogy i mean if you think about the science that doug ford generally seems to follow i mean what was it last time well i drove by a park and there were some people there and i thought fuck that i'm gonna close the parks now his buddies like to go out for a couple of pops after golf and all of a sudden we nobody can golf and he said uh, golf itself is fine it's it's the carpooling to get there and then the drinking afterwards and i don't know if he remembers or not but he closed the bars i don't know if this will come as a shock to anybody but it is possible it is possible to golf and not drink beer it is possible totally i don't drink when i'm golfing by the way i'll just say that right now when i'm golfing i take golf seriously i i'm a drinker and i don't drink while i'm golfing Almost never. You can tell when he is uh, not serious about it because he will drink while he's golfing. Yep. (laughs) Anytime I played with him, he's drinking. So that tells you all you need to know about my game of golf. And usually those are the (laughs) tournaments where they say, hey, we'll take care of the first couple of rounds. Scott's like, well, and I know how this is going to (laughs) go. It's so frustrating, isn't it? Like we're all just sitting here like, 
but, but the science is slapping us in the face with something that says something t- completely different. Never in a million years did I think it would be the NDP that would be screaming, open it up, and Doug would be saying, shut her down. Uh, now, this is the same Doug Ford, by the way, everyone. Let's take a little stroll down memory lane. Remember when he was legalizing tailgating and legalizing drinking in the parks yeah. and stuff like that? And people asked him, like, aren't you afraid about, like, drunken, reckless behavior and stuff? I, I believe his exact words were, I trust the adults of Ontario to act like responsible adults. This is the buck of beer dude. This is the buck of fucking beer dude. And all of a sudden, now it's a problem? I mean, listen, let's just be completely honest here, everybody. He's grasping at straws. He is, he's, he's concerned about mobility. And wow, do I ever wish somebody would take that damn mobility data away from this government because they just don't understand how to interpret it. Take it away from them. But anyway, he's concerned about mobility. Oh, and now it's, people are going to carpool to golf. What? I mean, I've never carpooled to golf because my golf th- bag doesn't fit in anyone else's car. Right. I mean, I guess maybe when you're in the senior demographic like Doug's buddies are, maybe you do carpool. I don't know. But I do know that there are people out there who are perfectly capable of governing themselves when it comes to their behavior going to and from a goddamn golf course. Mm-hmm. It's crazy to me. Golf- and, golfers and- are usually, Scott, you would agree with this. Golfers are usually the kind of people that like to follow the rules for the most part. It's a game of etiquette. Of course you follow the rules. So when you, if this was, if they open it up and they say there's some restrictions, there's some rules, I think golfers of all people will be the ones to say, yeah, we'll follow the rules. Yeah. And, and you know what else, too? I mean, we already know it's well documented that golf was open through wave one and through wave two, even though wave two was in the winter. There was still golfing allowed. It's only wave three where it's not allowed. There were zero infections from golf. Let me say that again. Zero infections from golf. So I don't know if people just all of a sudden started carpooling to the golf course and going for a few pops afterwards, and they never did that in wave one and wave two, or that it is completely safe and he's just being a stubborn prick about the whole thing. Well, if can I just qualify it by saying that there are people who will go out for a couple of drinks after, but I don't think it's a rule and I don't think it's necessarily a prerequisite to going golfing. I don't think you have to, but there are people who do it. But that being said, I, I think that that's, again, it's anecdotal to the point where you can't make an overall wide decision because you're like, I know some dudes who do this. And I know some dudes who do that. There's half a dozen of them. Yeah. Well, I, could see, I, mean, I could see millions of them. I mean, six. I don't think we need to, like, dig up stuff he said in the past because we're talking about a different, we are talking about a different situation. There was not a pandemic at the time when he was, intru- like, wanted to introduce tailgating and everything else. I understand. But I totally agree with you on grasping at straws to find a way to to make this decision make sense for some people. But keep in mind, there are some people that do agree with what he said yesterday, that do fully agree that everything, if you're going to shut everything down and do your best to make sure we don't hear of a fourth wave, because fuck my life if I hear of anything about a fourth wave coming, if you want to do your best, then you have to keep everything shut down. And maybe that does mean a few more weeks of vaccines in arms and zero people out on golf courses, et cetera, even though there are no cases linked to it. And I understand it's frustrating, but for some people, I mean, I heard from a couple of people saying things like I'm upset too. I understand golfers are, but so am I. So if you open golf courses, what about the things I like to do that'll remain closed? So if you open one, you got to open another. Is there nothing to that? Uh, well, listen, one thing I will say is that coming from a hardcore golfer, this is me to you saying, I don't care. 
that much about golf. I have not played a single round this year. And if I've got to wait a couple more weeks to get that round in, I mean, it sucks because we do have such a short summer here in Southern Ontario, but I'll wait a couple more weeks. What's unfortunately the golf thing is really overshadowing the fact that he said, fuck you to the kids. There is no reason at all that kids should not be allowed to play sports right now. And the golf argument seems a little trivial to non-golfers, but really golf is just representative of outdoor activities. Mm -hmm. How many doctors need to say outdoors is extremely low risk, especially with 50% of the population vaccinated now? 50% have got that first shot, which means they're hanging in between 80 and 92% efficacy right now, and they will be for many, many, many more weeks. I don't understand why he refuses to open up those facilities and let the kids play. Golf is just a it's just the loudest of a big lobby. But really, this is about any outdoor activities. And the fact that he said no to kids playing soccer and there's very, very stringent rules in place, by the way, when you do go out and play soccer or T-ball or lacrosse or whatever. There's rules in place. Every one of those organizations needs to submit a return to play protocol that demonstrates how they're safe, how contact tracing will be done. All of that. It's all laid out and it needs to get approved. Well, the regional municipalities have approved those plans. It's Doug himself, him personally, that said no. And so the golf thing, it does frustrate me a little bit because this isn't just about golf. This isn't about what's the stat. Uh, 40-year-old white guys being able to go out and drink and fuck around. This is really about 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17-year-olds being out on a field, throwing a ball around, or playing a game of basketball, shooting some hoops. That's what it's really about, and I cannot believe that when he had the opportunity yesterday to say, hey, listen, I'm hearing it from the mayors. They're the ones on the ground in their communities. They say it's safe. I mean, this is something that that Bonnie Crombie and Patrick Brown and John Tory have all said they want to be able to happen. And Doug still shut him down. He just lined up and squared him, said, fuck you. No. And is this just to cut off the criticism at the knees for if cases start to spike again? So nobody again can say, oh, you open too soon. Is that why he's doing this? Or does he truly believe that there's an inherent danger from people carpooling? To a golf course. If that's the case to me, it sounds like the criticism is getting to him pretty quick. And that it must be. Yeah, yep. where it's like it's anything very strategic. That's, yeah, it's anything very that's said strategic. is very like, ah, oh, I can't hear this again. Like I can't be the one blamed for all of this again. Yeah. So it, it seems it, it does seem preemptive. I think that there's that's a good point. Yes. But he didn't need to wear this. No. Doug didn't have to. I mean, going I know that there's a lot of people who blame Doug for this third wave. I mean, you can blame Doug for the third wave if you want to, but the reality is the entire planet is in a third wave or experienced a third wave of some kind. And yeah, maybe it was variants. Maybe it was a lack of vaccines. Maybe it's seasonal. Maybe just people's vitamin D level dropped to a completely insufficient level and they were more susceptible to viruses. I don't know. But everybody's dealing with a third wave, even ones that did have their borders closed. There was cases getting in. So, I mean, Doug, you don't have to wear that. And really, like we said months ago, blame the fucking doctors. You can't blame the doctors, though, for not allowing outdoor activity. You can't because the doctors are saying do it. 
And we'll talk about the doctors and their connection to the teachers unions in a sec. Uh, one more thing I want to play for you from <sighs> Doug yesterday. Um, <laughs> the so press conference. That, that's, that's the issue. <laughs> and what we need, we're just asking people. I, I understand. Believe me, the weather's nice. Everyone wants to get out. You know, I'd, I'd love to get out golfing. I'm a terrible golfer, but I'd love to get out golfing. And uh, right now, uh, you know, the ICUs are still at risk. I think yesterday's number was 805, and that, that, that's not good. Uh, as much as we're seeing a decline, which, which, is, which is good, everyone, you know, is moving forward. We're getting the vaccines into people's arms. Um, but we just can't risk it. Just hang in there. For it's, We aren't asking a lot. Just a, a couple more weeks. And uh, we'll do everything we can to get things back to normal. And I'll, I'll pass it over to Doc. That was the part that got me. I am stunned. And this is what happens when you go off script. <laughs> I am stunned that he used the words, we're not asking for much. Just a couple more weeks. You know, as soon as that those words were uttered from his mouth, I knew that that would be the thing that stood out for so yep. many people. We're not asking for much. Do you, here, do you have like that short of memory? You don't realize how much you've asked of people. You've got to be kidding me. I feel like behind the scenes, and maybe this is why he was quiet for a while. You know, he's quiet for a while. There were mm-hmm. a lot of numbers being crunched and projections being brought out there. If you do this, here's what we could see happening here. And it all comes down to votes. It all comes down to votes in the next election. That's the only thing. I mean, yes, of course, I'm sure he's going to claim he's caring just about lives of Ontarians and health and ICUs. He'll say that. He'll say that till he's blue in the face. But you know it also has to do with votes. It also has to do with him being in control. So his people will want that as well. So I think this is so just premeditated. They went out of their way. I'm sh- I have no doubt about it in the last week or so because we've been hearing about Oh, they're going to tell us. They're going to tell us soon. That entire time, I guarantee you, if we open this, this is what might happen. If that happens, what if that sets up a fourth wave? You're definitely not going to get elected again. There's people still hanging on. Maybe if you do this, but those people, every age demographic was looked at. I have no doubt in my mind. And for whatever reason, this is what they came up with as the best plan for the best possible chance of him being reelected. Well, if I can throw two points on on that, then first one is that the thing that compounds the frustration for people is that there's no end date for any of this. There's mm-hmm. no, yep. there's no like, Hey, June 2nd, you can we start. Will open. Yeah. Right. The, you know, June 15th, we will start to do this June 20th. We will start to do this. There is none of that. Mm-hmm. So there's people who are like, Oh my God, like we cannot see the finish line. We can't see it. And it feels like it just keeps getting further and further away. Mm-hmm. The longer we go through, we've it. been asking for dates, right? Scott. I mean, every fucking time. Give us something. This is the thing. And I think he he's very conscious of the fact that he's accused of constantly moving the goalpost. So maybe that's why he doesn't want to throw out dates. But the reality is he knows how many people are getting vaccinated every single day. He sees the decline in numbers. He should at this point at least have a plan. You know, yesterday he would not say anything about businesses. There's so much nuance in that. He said things like, uh, starting June 2nd, we hope to be able to reopen some outdoor activities. Okay, well, what about patio dining? What about hair salons and nail salons and non-essential retail? What about all of them? He didn't say a fucking word. Well, maybe, maybe that's the problem then, because we're asking for that. And they don't want to give that because they don't want to f- fall short of it. 
Mm-hmm. They don't want to set. It's it's weird. It's like don't set a goal so you can't miss it. <laughs> That's kind of weird. Don't don't set goals in your life just in case you don't reach them. That's kind of what it feels like. Yeah. That's right. You know, I mean, people need to know when we do reopen. Will it be a regional reopening, or are we only opening when everybody can open? Yeah. Are well, we, are we going to have Waterloo and Niagara and Barrie, or Simcoe, Muskoka, and London, Middlesex, et cetera, et cetera? Are they all going to be opened up when Toronto and Peel are still closed, or does it have to be all for one, one for all? Even that would yeah. give people a better idea of which way this is trending. Because if it is going to be a regional reopening, we're very close in certain areas. If it's a province-wide reopening, we're nowhere close because Dr. David Williams again doubled down yesterday on the whole. It's got to be a sustained amount of time with below a thousand new cases, substantially below a thousand new cases. And we all know where most of those thousand new cases will come from. The things that are still open. The hot spots and the hot spots. Yeah. It, you're you're absolutely right, Kat. So, so oh, is I, I mean I I'm with you there. I need to we need to know more too because I'm actually on board with stuff more if I know that the reason why they're holding back opening some other parts of Ontario that are doing perfectly fine is because they want to open it as a whole because their concern might be those hotspot people going into those non-hotspot areas, those people in the green all are all of a sudden in the green zone, but people are still in the orange driving to those areas. If that's your issue, just tell us up front. Just tell yeah. us that's it, and I might be more on board and say that makes sense. You want to open the province as a whole together get those cases low in those hot spots but they've never really clarified that that's what the plan is they haven't that's the thing yeah if you read between the lines i think here here's what i deduce from that and and whoever it is in the premier's office that listens to this podcast maybe you can tell doug that this is something that that people are going to deduce on their own is if you're saying outdoor activities sports and such can start to reopen june 2nd we hope That tells me regular businesses are not opening before July. Mm -hmm. Ah, That's just the way it seems. I mean, if I own, I I don't know, a a fabric store that's considered non-essential right now, and I'm wondering, when can I reopen my store? When is HomeSense reopening? When is Winners reopening? When can Walmart start selling clothes again? If outdoor maybe can start June 2nd, It'll probably be at least two weeks, maybe three after that, before we can start to open non-essential retail. And there you go. We're right there at the Canada Today weekend. My last observation out of this press conference, and this was my second point from before, uh, it, I, was, I was very harshly reminded that this is political. In uh, the answer to, I think it might have been the first question he was asked. So a reporter asked, are you going to be doing anything or is the province going to be ramping up enforcement during the May long weekend uh, with mask wearing and gathering and things like that? And uh, Premier Ford's response was the borders got Trudeau and the federals. You got to blame them. Yeah. And, and Listen, I'm like, hold on a second. That wasn't the, that li- there was literally not one part of his answer answered the question. Like, at mm-hmm. all. And I was like, man. Deflect, here, deflect, deflect. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, I was really, it, it was a harsh slap in the face to be like, right, this is politics. Right. Well, I mean, uh, Toronto Councillor Doug Ford used to answer questions. Premier, provincial politician Doug Ford is now catching on to the fact that you don't need to answer a question. You just need to get your talking points out. Dave, I remember that from yesterday. Listen to this. Um, we, we can't have these, these variants coming in on a daily basis. You know, you, you look at the, the borders, we have a, a porous, we have two, two sets of rules. One, 
you know, that you, you fly in to, to Pearson and we know one third aren't staying and, and, you know, staying in quarantine, they're just walking away. On the other hand, on the land borders, we see hundreds of taxis uh, going down there and Ubers and everyone else uh, picking people up. Like Buffalo Airport is uh, the second largest airport for Ontario now. And that, that's just wrong. And, and we just need the, the Prime Minister, uh, Justin Trudeau, to, to, uh, <laughs> to fix the problem. It's a federal issue. I, I've sent him four letters, April the 22nd, I think April the 26th, and April the 29th, and I, I, May, May the 12th. And we're asking some simple things, mandatory pre-departure PCR testing for all domestic air, air travel. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, we got to close the loopholes at Canada's international land borders with three-day uh, hotel quarantine. Uh, Doug was firmly opposed to, by the way, sending people to quarantine hotels. Yeah. There was a time when he was firmly opposed to that, and it wasn't even that long ago. Now he's the one screaming at the top of his lungs to put in more? Can you get, you that, answer, get that answer prepared one more time? Because I, I feel like there's a reenactment in my head here. Okay. Uh, Premier Ford, I have a question. Have you heard the new Nicki Minaj mixtape, especially the song featuring Drake? Picking people up. Like, Buffalo Airport is uh, the second largest airport for Ontario now. And that, that's just wrong. And, and we just need the, the Prime Minister, uh, Justin Trudeau, to... to uh, <laughs> to fix the problem. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's what it yeah, felt like. Yeah. It's true. He did not answer the question. No. And and when it comes to. Uh, not even close. I know. Not even in the I same, know. Like it's, it, if we're playing, if we're playing sports, the question was football. His answer was tennis. Like, yeah, there, there, is, there was nothing about that. And you knew it was going to happen, though. That's the worst part is like I, I dreaded and I knew that yeah. that was going to be it. I. uh Another thing that I had quite the issue with in yesterday's news conference was a perfectly reasonable question about schools. Are the schools going to reopen in June? Can the kids look forward to two more weeks of distance learning and then the last few weeks in class with their classmates and their teachers? Can we do it? Can we do it outside? Can we do a combo? Can we do an alternating schedule? Is there anything we can do to address the concerns, legitimate concerns that parents have about their kids' well-being and mental health, can we send them back to school? He made it political by talking about the fucking teachers' union. Yeah. I, now, the teachers' union's been making this political all along, so let's give credit where credit is due. He called them out because they've been calling him out with a massive advertising campaign about why schools aren't safe. But it doesn't change the fact that you can't abdicate your responsibility as the leader by blaming it on the union. It was crazy. Premier Ford, I have a question about the reopening of schools. Will kids be able to go back before the end of this school year? Well, uh, that's a great question. I'd like to punt it to anybody up here who would like to answer it instead of me. <laughs> let's just, we've gotten to this point where let's just call it straight out as it's going. Yeah, you know, I don't want to answer that. I'm going to throw it to somebody yeah. else. Anyone? Anyone? Oh, Oh, fuck no. I'm not going to answer that. Uh, <laughs> I would love it to be that. Oh. I wish he would do that. Fuck that. Oh, I'm not fuck. touching that one. Oh, fuck that. Okay. Uh, how about you? You answer it. <laughs> Can someone ask something else? <laughs> I don't understand how the leader of the province, the education minister's boss, can honestly say, well, you know, I mean, the fucking doctors think kids should be back, but the teachers union doesn't think so. And they threatened to take us to court over it. So, 
You know, they just got to get together and fucking figure it out. The once there's a consensus, kids can go back. I'm sorry. You want what? Like the Ontario Medical Association, the the College of Physicians and Surgeons. Who exactly do you want to negotiate with the teachers union and then come back to you with a we agree? How do you even envision that's going to work? What is the fucking plan here? I just don't understand why this is a decision that's going to be made by doctors and the teachers union. It just doesn't make any fucking sense. The teachers union's not in charge. The doctors aren't in charge. You're in charge, Doug. Doug, this is your call. What are we doing with the schools? Make a decision. Give parents a little clarity. Dave, you've got a school-aged daughter. Would she go back to school if he said school's fine? Uh, Well, she would like to. But she also, at the same point, is thinking, you know, it'd be nice if we just started summer a little early again, like we did last year. So uh, what happens in June in school? Is there anything really special going on in June? No, I mean, it's it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of assemblies. It's a lot of let's go outside and, uh, you know, for English today, you know what we're going to do? We're going to throw a Frisbee. Yeah, it's a lot of work for the teachers behind the scenes, and yes. I think that's about it. Yes. Like, it's it's a lot of report cards, end of the year reports, and organizing for and get preparing for shutting down for the summer stuff. I think that's really what it is. Yeah, I, I just think that. I mean, I think that there is a point. I think that there is there's a lot of point in getting kids back in class. Those who want to be there and who feel safe being there. By the way, it shouldn't be mandatory, but I think there's a lot of point in even if it is just for a month. Even if it is just for those grade 12s that are graduating. Those are the ones I think about. Yeah, the ones who are graduating, the ones who are moving on to new schools, uh, may not see those friends again for years. Yep. Or ever. Ever again, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you miss that opportunity to say goodbye. Um, I remember graduating. It was a very odd time. And it was good to be able to share that odd time with other people who are going through it just as much as you are. So that lack of uh, ability to rely on your your classmates and your friends like this sucks ass that age group by the way i think is the most screwed out of all of them aside from the you know the elderly that a lot of many of them died aside from that of course but i truly do believe that that age group especially between like 16 and i'll go all the way up to like 24 16 to 24 year olds it sucks because they're just like starting their life a lot of them their careers are being held back because of it those internships that they wanted and co-ops and like you mentioned the graduations and starting school and starting school online like that fucking sucks all of it i i really think and socially like i think that's a really important time socially for people is those that age gap of like 16 to 24 years that they're getting really fucked over on. They really, really are. Really fucked over. Yeah, like I have cousins in that age group, and then like one of them's like, how am I supposed to meet somebody? Like, great. Like, you know, I haven't been able to talk to anyone. Everyone I talk to is people I already know, and online is getting weird. And, you know, I, I do feel for that age group. I really do, out of everybody. Well, guys, there is another problem that is an inherent risk to Ontario, and you should all be prepared for the fact that uh, there's likely going to be a fourth wave because of the garden centers. <laughs> Listen to this. I have seen really long lineups at garden centers despite the stay-at-home order. You know, lineups that we saw similar to what we're seeing at malls or shops, but those retailers are closed. You know, many people are wondering, isn't this mixed, mixed messaging in regards to the stay-at-home order? And what advice do you have for people who are going to garden centers because the weather is just going to be nice for the next few weekends now? I'll pass that to the Minister of Health. Long pause. 
Well, we do want uh, people to be able to go outdoors to do a gardening. I know that's something that this time of year is very important to many people. Um, but we are asking people uh, in many situations to please order online curbside pickup. Uh, we want to make sure that we can keep people uh, physically distant, follow the public health measures that you always have followed. That's going to be really important to reduce transmission and make sure that people can garden uh, safely and, and in a healthy way. But if we can garden in a safe and healthy way, <laughs> and garden centers are open, they're perfectly legal. Anybody can go to a garden center anytime they want. And by the way, some of them are pretty lit. I was at Terra Greenhouse last weekend, and it looked like Cabana on a Sunday. It's mm-hmm. fucking nuts. They're doing bottle service and begonias, a two-for-one deal. You're like, yes. <laughs> it should be. Even the little fenced-in Costco one was fucking booming yesterday. Seriously. I mean, they're open, but we can do that in a safe way. But, oh, Fuck no, we can't we can't let a kid play basketball. That's just yeah, that's just not right. It's dangerous, dangerous shit there. Are we getting to the level where you're gonna see people out enforcing like with uh like a little switchblade and they just stab the ball? Like a very dramatic movie. <laughs> like kids are playing <laughs> soccer and someone just goes Not around here, Jack. You know, and then they just walk away. <laughs> By the way, when you played that clip when he called up the health minister to answer in that long pause, what was going through her mind in that moment? Like Fuck like, oh, you. fuck me. I yeah. forgot we left the garden centers <laughs> why you, open. Why do you make me do this, you fucking prick? <laughs> Seriously, Christine Elliott has more or less been the superstar of this government all along. And let's not forget that she was second in the leadership race to Doug Ford. Doug beat her. Um, Christine must look around and think to myself, who the fuck are these people? Mm-hmm. Who the fuck are these people? We have the solicitor general there. I don't even know why he's dragging her around because she doesn't fucking say anything. She sat there at the table yesterday and didn't do a thing. I think you anybody know, that's standing waiting to be called up to the podium or fearing their name being called to the podium is hoping someone's going to pull the fire alarm. Because that's what it seems like. <laughs> yeah. God, make like, something happen between now and this moment. Please. May, oh, here it is. It's everyone's here. so wide eyed, like looking, <laughs> totally. like looking straight ahead. And the totally. dog's like, oh, I'd like to pass this off to this person. And they're like, oh, no, 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 yeah. no, no. And they're just hoping somebody <laughs> accidentally hits the fire alarm or something. <laughs> Another one of those moments from Doug. Oh, fuck no. Uh, Christine Elliott, get the fuck get the fuck over here. Fuck. Not doing that one. I don't even think he'd be as blunt about it. I think he would be like, oh, I'm sorry. You were asking Christine. And they're like, no, I was asking <laughs> oh, you. you. Oh, looking- let me get Christine for you. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. I'll get you Christine. <laughs> oh, you're looking over my shoulder at Christine. Okay, Christine. Yeah, you kind of looked like, uh, what middle of the question, you kind of turned your head a little bit to the left. I'm assuming that, that this question is not for me. I'll, I'll, it's cool. I'll pass it off. Your shoulders are slightly slanted this way. I think you're, you're talking to Christine because I'm not <laughs> fucking doing this again. All right, Christine, come on. <laughs> so what is the end game here, guys? What is the end game? How do oh. we get out of this? Listen, I don't know. That's the frustrating part. I know. It is, and I don't know. For me, for me, uh, I'm trying to stay focused on the, on the positive stuff. I feel like uh, bitching and moaning and whining about it, and it's great to vent and get it out. Don't get me wrong. It's what we're doing here. It's been a very therapeutic this, podcast. This is a safe place to do that, right? <laughs> but bitching and whining and moaning isn't going to get us anywhere. So uh, I'm all for hanging on till June 2nd, but let me tell you that much right now. That's bold and underlined. I'm ha- all for hanging on till June 2nd. But you better tell us what's going on before June 2nd. And there better be something happening there, especially if our cases continue to decline. That's what I'm looking at. Case numbers are looking better. The weather's getting better. I'm hopeful, and I'm going to remain hopeful, honestly. I'm not going to bitch and whine and moan about it. That's a waste of my time. How much leeway do you have, Kat, where they say, let's uh, let's use round numbers. Let's say they say the daily case count has to get down to 1,000. 
and if we're not at a thousand by June second, but we're at eighteen hundred, fifteen hundred, and they say we haven't hit a thousand, we got to stretch it another two weeks. Are you going okay? Or are you saying come on, fifteen hundred's not? Come you've on, open something. Like we're at close. that point, you got to do some things. Like, like open the outdoor stuff. If we're at like fifteen, fourteen, I think you can still get away with opening some of the outdoor stuff. You know. That's that's why I'm that's what I'm hopeful for a minimum like that's minimum threshold cap before I get really fucking angry if they decide to keep everything shut down until July first like come on what are you doing to people watch I, I watch I, I watch this happen where it's like June second rolls around and they're like you know what we've we're going to announce today more, some more. some new no no he's gonna say we're going to announce today some new uh, outdoor activities will be available and it's like treetop trekking and you're like. <laughs> Oh, you <laughs> son of a bitch. Like <laughs> That is all you're allowed to do. Yep, that's all you're Croquet. Yeah, croquet. Uh, frisbee golf <laughs> yeah. and treetop trekking. Well, hey, we can get to know some new sports that way. I mean, I'm not entirely against it. As long as we can drink during it, right? Or we can't do that either. No, no that's no, the no. problem is people carpooling to the treetop trekking and then going for pops I, afterwards. You might be getting bombed at croquet. Yeah. Fucking let's play some croquet. Found a local <laughs> conservation area that has some frisbee golf. Time to go get some liquor. <laughs> Nothing goes better than frisbee golf with Here, a be called a Jack Daniels. Catch my fucking COVID disc. Here. <laughs> Kat, you have not had your first shot of vaccine yet, whereas Dave and I have because we're in the high risk group, I guess. Uh, I don't know. 40 plus is the new high risk in Ontario. Um, Are you optimistic you will now have your second shot by the end of the summer? I can't. By the end of the summer. It's almost June and you haven't had your first shot. (laughs) I know. Uh, I know. Well, okay. So we're midway through May now. I would. I'm hopeful that by the end of May, I hear about my time slot. So that said. July, August, I'm no, I, I was always in my mind in the back of my head thinking I'm not going to be fully vaccinated till the fall. So I'm not getting my hopes up on that. I don't think that it's going to happen until the fall where I'm fully vaccinated. Uh, and and that's kind of where I've let myself be OK. I'm like, oh, I'm OK with it. Whatever. Well, the the CNEs closed now this year. They're that's canceling right. all the events in Toronto. So you won't have much to do this There's summer anyway. Do. It's so true, Dave. There's really, honestly, that's why I think I feel okay. And I know there are people that are just dying to travel and do all those things and we're hopeful to do it. I wasn't. Like, I seriously kept the bar low all year. And I feel like that was key because I don't give a shit. Like, I hear of these things happening and I just, I know that I'm not, I'm not going to be able to do anything. And in my mind, I'm not going to be fully vaccinated till the fall. I'm, this is really sad to say in May, but all I'm hoping for is a good Christmas. Like no, all I'm wow. hoping for is to gather Aww. is I know, but listen, if you, trust me, set the bar low, everybody. Cause then you won't be as disappointed when news comes along. You'll just go, I fucking knew that was going to happen. That's what I said. Doug's <laughs> doing right now where That's he's saying, he's I'm not setting any expectations because I don't yeah. want to miss them. I don't believe anything, anything good will come up. I mean, I think our numbers will get better and, and slowly we'll get there, but I don't think it's going to be one of those. Hey, we're opening up and masks off. That won't happen. We, we won't even hear talk of that this year. But that's just my mentality. And so, yeah, to be fully vaccinated by the fall, I'm okay with that. That's kind of what I figured might happen. One last question. Let's say June 2nd rolls around and we're still, eh, I don't know, like maybe 1,000 cases, maybe 1,500 cases a day. Today, by the way, it's 2,300. Just over 2,300 new cases today for Friday, May the 14th. Let's say we're around the 1,000, 1,200 mark. Doug's got a real problem on his hands come June 2nd, because now that fuck Dr. David Williams. Yeah, I said what I said. 
he has said it's got to be sustained well below a thousand new cases a day. What does Doug do if it's right around a thousand on June 2nd? Does he hold firm? Does he continue to follow the science, as he says? Or does he say, you know what, enough's enough, open her up? Yeah, it's a matter of he's either going to play politics on it or he's going to be actually a human being about it. So it'll be interesting to see that. I actually hope that happens. I actually, Well, I hope our cases are much lower, honestly. But let's say that they are around that 1,200, 1,300, 1,400 mark. Go ahead, Douglas. You tell me. Because I think that decision will matter so much to people who are still clinging on. Because there are some people, not a ton of them, that are still clinging on and thinking, okay, if you make a couple more steps that, that I'm okay with going forward, then good. You, you've you fought, fixed the stupid police pulling you over shit and the playground bullshit that was okay, and that maybe saved face for some people, but I don't know. I, I'm curious to see what happens if the cases are around that number come ju- beginning of June. Premier Ford, does pineapple belong on pizza? <laughs> well, if the borders aren't closed, then we're just going to keep seeing it. Depends on those variants uh, that keep seeping through the borders. There's his answer. I can hear him. <laughs> no, no, that's a relevant question, Dave. Uh, do you prefer pineapple on your pizza? Do you, Mr. Premier? But your ICU's hospitalization. Oh, fuck, he didn't even answer that question. So we're going to continue working hard, and I'll be uh, out answering any any questions. But, uh, again, I, I want to thank both my ministers uh, here that uh, <laughs> have been working extremely hard and, and doing an incredible job. And I really don't want to answer questions about pineapple or pizza because that might be a key voting demographic, and I just don't want to piss anybody else off. Nobody prepared me for that. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I need every fucking vote I can get in the next election. It's going to be close, everybody, because I have done fucked this right up. <laughs> Would anybody in this position be favorable, look favorable? I mean, I don't know if there was a totally different plan that could have been put into place. Was this a lose, 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 lose situation? Listen, all Doug has to do, and this is all he's had to do from the beginning, but he wanted all the credit. He wanted to be the guy. He wanted to be Moses here coming down from the mountain with the tablets to say, here we go. We're reopening. Well, that didn't happen. So when shit started to go south and when the doctors all started to disagree, when people on his own team started to disagree, he needed to put them in front of the cameras. Doug set the ego aside for a second there and trot Dr. Williams out there in that second and say, you know what, Doug, you interview Dr. Williams. Say to him, "Okay, I got a lot of people here, including almost every big city mayor in the entire province saying we should open up outdoor sports. You're the chief medical officer of health. You tell them no. I will follow what you say, but I want you to say it because right now it seems like there's a whole lot of, well, we did it because the doctors told us to. And then the doctors come out and say, we didn't fucking say that. And everybody's confused and nobody knows what's going on. And since they won't televise the health table meetings, trot the fucking doctor out. Let the doctor tell people, yeah, sorry, you can't do it. And here's why. Make him wear it. Instead, Doug... It's like he'll put the fire out for everybody else and then pour gasoline over himself. It's fucking insane. And then it's so misguided. So he it's blatantly obvious what's going on since he completely fucked up the police thing and had to repeal it the very next day. That was about a month ago. Um, Ever since then, he's been laying low. We're going to let our ministers do the talking because now all of a sudden they're very qualified expert ministers, whereas in wave one and two, they were incompetent losers who couldn't answer a question. Doug had to take them all. Now he's comfortable with them answering questions. 
Did anybody else miraculously? Get, did anybody else get the visual of Doug Ford blowing out a candle and then his pants lighting on fire? <laughs> like <laughs> that's, that, that's what I got out of that. We were like, oh, you know, he's going to put out the fire and then lights himself on fire. And like, he's running around with his pants on fire, and you're just like, oh my god. Seriously, I mean, it's blatantly obvious what he was doing. He was trying to lay low to let the heat die down. And not even thinking that when he does come out of the out of hiding, the very first thing he's going to do is extend the stay at home order and piss everybody right off again. He wasted three weeks of time that he could have been building goodwill Mm -hmm. all because he's being so poorly advised or he's stupid beyond belief. That's possible too. zero political instincts at all. That's I don't know which one it is, if he's getting bad advice or he's just doing things contrary to what his advisors are telling him. But the whole thing is so bad. And another thing, why won't he do one on ones? I mean, I think I know the answer to it, because once an actual credible journalist, someone who knows what to ask, starts asking him pointed questions like we're asking right here in this podcast, he can't answer a lot of them. That's why this press conference format is very convenient for him. He doesn't have to answer. He can deflect. He can divert. He won't do a one-on-one. He hasn't done one in over a year. Well, he wouldn't do one with, it seems like he wouldn't do one with somebody who would press. And if the answer's not good enough, they would ask him to clarify or they'd ask him to follow up or hang on a second. He didn't really answer the question. That's right. Yeah. And I think that, I think there's probably a fear of holding somebody to task right now and Catching yourself, and again, it's political, but catching yourself saying something that you don't want to say, but because you're not following a script, you're going to, I mean, look what happens when he, when he, you know, stumbles into that stuff and talks about people going out for pops after they've carpooled in a, in a mini, like a mini Cooper, like, or seven guys got together in a mini Cooper and they were drinking and and they put all their golf stuff in the car. They're all carpooling. Then they go like a goddamn Shriners parade. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like clowns in a clown car. Like, I mean, when he goes off script, that's the the soundbite stuff. So I think there's a fear if you do a one-on-one that every answer is going to be a soundbite. And that's the political game. They're afraid of having that one thing be the thing that keeps showing up and, and and everyone yeah. grabbing onto and being like, this dude was not prepared. Why can't he just be honest? Why can't he just give the honest answer? And if he doesn't know, I think it would humanize him a lot more if he just said, yeah, I don't know what's wrong he with golf. The guy, doctors though. tell me it's it's golf. The golf's dangerous, but I don't know why. He, I don't know. I just trust the doctors. He was that guy. Like, you remember when he was that guy. That's why I liked him initially. He was that guy. He was that guy that talked to you like a human. And now something else is going on there. There's like a shield over it, right? It's like there's, you can't get through to the actual – that actually little bit of like having wobbly pops after you go golfing was like the Doug I remember actually, although what he's saying now doesn't make as much sense like everyone's just mad. They're as not, it used to. Yeah, they're not, li- they're not willing to allow yeah. good old Doug. Yeah. So yeah. They're, they're just like, nope, that's not the answer we're yeah. looking for. This isn't the time for good old Doug. Yeah, but part of the reason I liked Doug from the beginning in wave one was I felt like he was a different person. Completely. He was very honest. Like, guys, we can't, well, folks, we can't do this. You're more in tune to this stuff than I am, Scott, but what's the average political cycle? Like, when does the campaigning unofficially begin going into an election? Well, they're fundraising like crazy now, and I know that because they keep phoning me. It's (laughs) fucking annoying. Um Yeah, I mean, they're ramping up right now. They're thinking about it. There's likely going to be a lot of movement come this summer because this fall session of the legislature, which won't start really till October, is going to he wants the team that's going into the election in place. And there's going to be 
just so everybody knows how this is going to work, because that's a great question, Dave. The way it's going to work is they will start rolling out every ounce of good news they can find starting in September. They're not going to do it during the summertime because they know people don't pay attention to the news in the summer nearly as much. So come September, it's going to be good news, good news, good news to try and make everyone forget about how miserable and frustrated and isolated and broke and sad they feel right now. He's going to spend the next year trying to make you forget. And it's great because there's a lot of people saying right now, I will never forget. I will never forgive. People whose businesses are shut down. Needlessly, by the way, needlessly. I mean, it's billions of dollars are being lost every single day. And it's needless. I mean, how many people have lost their jobs and they're gone forever in some cases? Those businesses are closed. And Doug Ford, a conservative premier, has presided over the biggest loss of jobs in history. The biggest loss of revenue in history. The biggest budget for spending in history. That's why I don't feel like these are conservatives. I don't know what the fuck to call them, but I wouldn't call them progressive conservatives because they're anything but conservative. And I really do have an issue with his backbench and his cabinet ministers. And we know they disagree. We know some of them disagree, not stating so publicly because you're just going to get lumped in with Doug. For the people who have said never again, you're going to wear that, too. You're going to own the same fate as Doug if you don't come out like a human being and say, I respect the premier. The premier is the boss. I'm one of 70 ministers. My personal opinion is this is wrong. We should open outdoor sports. I would have so much respect for anybody who came out and did that or anybody who put themselves on the line and said, you know what? I agree with the premier on this. This is just what needs to be done, but they won't say anything. They're being quiet and they're just tweeting whatever they're told to tweet from the premier's office. So then the the reason I asked that question is for the people who are hearing answers and going, that seemed awfully political. So just so people understand that the game is underway, like it's, uh, it's happening right in front of us. We got an attack ad last week for God's sake. Like, what? Is this the time for this? And there was a lot of the average people who saw that and went, this is super tacky right now. This is the wrong time to be running something like that. Yep. So just for those who are watching along and going, well, that didn't seem all that right. That's probably why and that's probably what's happening. Uh, Just back to Kat's point for a second about why we like Doug in the first place. I think you guys all remember that after Donald Trump got elected in America, they tried to make him very presidential. They had the, the setting and they had the speeches and all that sort of thing. And people that liked him a lot during the campaign, mainly because he wasn't a politician, started to not like him as much. And eventually the mantra around the White House became, let Trump be Trump. Don't try and change him. Don't try and make him a look a presidential. Let Trump be Trump because that's what people liked. They've got to let Doug be Doug. Now, Doug's also got to try harder to not go off script because his anecdotes are fucking atrocious. I mean, I personally love it. <laughs> yeah, a couple of guys have gotten all jumped in a car and then went for some pops afterwards. It kind of, like, I don't know, kind of, I don't know, reminiscent of his brother uh, a little bit sometimes the way he does that, right? Yeah, I can only imagine what his brother would think about what's going on right now. Crazy. Okay, guys, uh, that was all we talked about today was COVID, and that's just fine. I mean, today is a day when a lot of people are talking about it, and we're going into the May 2-4 weekend. That's the only clarity we have now is that May 2-4 will be in lockdown. What will Canada Day look like? Well, we'll have to wait and see. 
It'll look if like, they let Doug be Doug. It'll look like a Tuesday in <laughs> January. <laughs> I also, I know I'm here on the podcast. I mean, I'm physically here. I can see myself here. But I didn't know what day of the week it was, Kat. Yeah, that's because we had to start off with Doug. Doug ruined it. But here it is. Another thing Doug fucking ruined. <laughs> but we do wish all of you a happy motherfucking Friday. Yeah. The weather is going to be a beaut. Like, the weather should be gorgeous all weekend if you're listening from uh, Ontario where you can't do anything. Then enjoy doing nothing in this good weather, at least. It's actual hell here. If you're listening from anywhere other than Ontario, it is awful. (sighs) All right. Bye, guys. Have a great weekend. You too. Anyone who is fully vaccinated can participate in indoor and outdoor activities without wearing a mask or physical distancing. Oh, Oh, man, every bar in New York City is going to feel like St. Patrick's Day (laughs) fell on Cinco de Mayo. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I think things are about to get crazy. Seriously, uh, I just got invited to an orgy at Dr. Fauci's. Really? Yes. According to a new study, the coronavirus can stay in men's genitals for a long period of time after recovery. Said men, challenge accepted. KFC is changing its packaging. It's adding instructions on their buckets for reheating leftovers. Yeah, people who eat KFC were like, leftovers? I just keep going till my fist hits cardboard. (laughs) A colonial pipeline restarted operations yesterday, five days after being shut down by a cyber attack, which is good because we were reaching dangerous levels of smugness in Tesla owners. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.